Welcome to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap for Season 8, Episode 5, titled Supermodel Snatch Game. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined by my two fishy co-hosts from the podcast Dubious Intent. Put your legs together for Daniel J. Brewer. All right, this is a little awkward. I thought yeah. I was going to be the only one in a kimono tonight, so I mm-hmm. apologize. I didn't realize that you were going to be wearing your kimono, and uh, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Hi, Joe. So nice to see you. I don't know if you just call an open bathroom a kimono, but okay. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, depends on your... And and by the way, nothing else. I'm just wearing an open bathrobe, nothing else. (laughs) Just, I look like a... Just painting the picture there, Joe. Just painting the mental image for our people who are eating their Cheerios. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Joe Batanz. And from the podcast, Pod is my co-pilot. Give praise to Allah for Taylor the Latte Boy. (laughs) Oh. Oh, we're going to get, oh no, see Taylor, now you took it, well, now we're getting emails. You're the one who said praise Allah. Well, there's nothing wrong with saying praise Allah. Oh, I'm oh, happy. God. I'm happy for a great episode. That's why I just, I just. You, sir, you're noise. being racist by assuming that those were ululations. He was just, he was being happy. He was, that's I, I stepped on a tack and that's the noise I make when <laughs> yeah, I say ow. Oh God, we're going to get emails. Now we're not going to get uh, I've replaced we get emails, the- Daniel, if we, like, if one of us coughs too many times now. No, you know thing. what? Yeah, I find this. As a listener of podcasts, I always find it very uninteresting to like for people to like say to worry about what people say. Just just do your craft, Joe. Do your craft. Be you. You do you, Joe. And I will do that. This week, the eight remaining queens hit the critical benchmark by lasting long enough for Snatch Game. Bob and Thorgy impressed the judges with their celebrity impressions, while Naomi and Acid Betty left a lot to be snatched with their lackluster imitations. In the end, Bob walked away purse first as the winner of the challenge, while Acid Betty was told to snatch a away. <sighs> Ladies, any initial thoughts on the episode? I would say that this is the episode that has turned a corner for the for this season as a whole and that they're starting to set up the final storylines. I know that mm-hmm. we still were I know that we're still have more than half left, but you could see them kind of the producers kind of pulling the strings of setting up um rivalries, setting up the beginning of the end what I keep thinking is going to be the eventual beginning of the end for Derek Barry. <laughs> I, I I feel like you're start you're starting to see all that kind of stuff where they're starting to put them all in their final slots for the for the end of the show. That, and also it was it was a fun episode to watch. I I think I told you this, Joe Batance, when you asked me this yesterday. It's like I, to me it seemed rushed. At, at one point I was like, you know, it's like, hey, we're gonna do snatch game, and then immediately with no there was very little workroom before suddenly we were thrown into the snatch game. And I was mm-hmm. like looking at the clock going, Wow, this and then, then when the main runway lights lit up and I was like, wait, there's still like 30 minutes left in the show. This seems really early for the runway to be happening, but I don't know how they ate up that time, but uh, it really isn't that early because I know I, I, when I pull clips, I know that around the 30 minute mark is when they do uh, the mere, the mere confessionals. So yeah. it seemed, but it's just snatch game took up so much time. There wasn't a lot of time for like workroom drama or table visits and whatnot. There was, but yet again, no mini challenge. So it seems like a slightly longer snatch game than years past. Uh, I don't remember last, you know, it's like, I would have to go back and watch it to see, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it felt overly long or anything though. I, I thought, oh no, I didn't think yeah. it was too long. I just thought that it seemed again, because there was no mini challenge. They, de- they, they, they know that people wait for this episode right. each season. So I guess they figured give the people what they want and, and make it a slightly longer snatch game. Okay. You know, I actually believe it or not, maybe for that reason, I actually thought this was one of the weakest snatch games I've ever seen in the show's history. 
there were no characters I thought were particularly super funny. I guess there were some lines from Bob the Drag Queen, but there was no there was no breakout character like Bianca's Judge Judy or Ben de la Creme's um, Judge uh, woman from Downton Abbey or Maggie, what you say, Maggie Smith. Yeah, Maggie Smith. There was no uh, you know Jinx Masoon doing Little Evie. I'm sorry, Little Edie. From uh, Grey oh, Gardens. How very clever of you to call out both Jinx and Binda La Creme when uh, Robbie had uh, tried to compare uh, himself to those two what, people. Did, did somebody that no one's ever heard of before? <laughs> well, the two models did. The two models. That's their job them. to know that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that they were quickly looking on Wikipedia before, like during commercial breaks. <laughs> well, I mean, I would imagine if you work for Vogue, you probably would know who that was. I mean, she's not dead. She's still alive. So that's probably. Oh, she's still alive? Yeah. But the, uh, I believe so. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But the, um, I guess I had read somewhere that there was like some drama that went on and that may be why it was kind of, you know, the, the, the mood was off or whatever. Cause there was. The mood was off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was, there was some screaming and temper tantrums going on behind the scenes. Uh, at least according to the, the, you know, the, the, the viewing parties, a couple of the Queens have spoken about this in their viewing parties. That apparently the supermodels were giving really stupid answers, and was, why was RuPaul surprised by that? But I mean, to the point that that she couldn't work with it, and so she, you know, threw her mic down and stormed off stage, and you could hear her backstage. Everyone stayed out on the stage, all the queens and the supermodels, were singing, and they could clearly hear her backstage going, "Get these fucking people to like." <laughs> and they basically yeah. had pages giving them lines to say for the rest of the, you know, answering the questions for them and giving it to them to answer. So oh, apparently there was some tension in that kind of set a funky mood in the room. Um, but but also, according to the viewing parties, they were there for like eight hours. It was just a very long, you know, shoot. So so who knows what we missed? Don't That's know. true. But let's start at the beginning, Daniel. As the girls return to the workroom after last week's elimination, Chi Chi takes the opportunity to apologize to Derek for throwing him. Derek, by the way under the bus i apologize Derek. if i'm feeling some kind of way i completely shit down mm-hmm. and i have to change that i mean I, it's just me being a bitch i'm sorry yeah it was you being a bitch the bitchiness doesn't stop there next bob the drag queen and Derek get into it i was in shock that it was not you lip syncing and it was nisha but Chris and Debbie thought I stood out. Chris was like, I think you could impersonate Debbie and we'll take you out on tour. They may have been on drugs. I want a drug test. Yeah, I didn't hear you get that. But I what? did get told that my performance was phenomenal, which you didn't get told. All right. Derek, I think you just missed the point. Not a big okay. Deal. Well, I don't know if there was a point. It's just Bob talking is your point all the time. But you'll do like side shitty I, comments and it's funny. No, but when what, I do side no. shitty comments, it's like, but oh, what you, anyone else see this? No, am, no, no, am I on no, Lonely no. Island? Am I on no. Staten Island? What you or do, am I living in Manhattan right you're now? Right. What you, Thank you. <laughs> I don't see that I do that. I can't wait till you do it again. It'll be like five minutes. Hey, Bob, if I want to do ratchet drag next week, can you give me any tips? <gasps> If you want to do, like, memorable drag next week, I can give you some tips. <laughs> so all I need to do is not wear a wig and I'll be told by the judges that I'm pretty? Right? Didn't I remind you guys? Say I said anything? in about five minutes she'd make a shady comment out of nowhere. Yeah, and I did. What I said wasn't meant to hurt your feelings. You're trying to be spiteful. You, your you see the difference? weren't to hurt No, me. they weren't to hurt. If I wanted to it hurt wasn't? you, you'd be crying right now, bitch. I will never cry over you at all. Don't give me a challenge. I work on the strip with really big drag personalities. So if you think you're going to come for me, I am not that innocent. Daniel, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I think that it was just stupid, right? I mean, it was just kind of a, a, 
but we all know people like that, right? We all know people that, you know, will kid back and forth, but then, you know, they can dish it out, but they cannot take it, right? Like the, the appropriate response to that should have been, you know, ha, ah, yeah. And then it kept going on with whatever she was saying. But he said, she turned around like, how dare you do this? You know, she's like. Are you talking about Derek or yeah, Bob? Yeah, Derek. Because it's just kind of like one of those is like, you know, I'm going to. She threw a shady comment at Bob. And it's like, you know, playground rules mean that now Bob gets to make a shady comment back. And that should be fair. But it's just like, you know, Derek was, you know, upset that she made a shady comment back. So that's really what started this this whole thing. Taylor? Two thoughts. One, the I guess I'm not that innocent or whatever. <sighs> I audibly groaned when she said it. Um, the, the ratchet drag. do an impression of the groan. Uh, okay. Is that, um, the ratchet drag comment that looked like a, she was sitting for five minutes yes. trying to come up with something to say. Yes. And then that that was the best she could come up with. I don't think Derek is that bright. I think that she is dim. You know I, what? I don't know. You know what, Taylor? She works on the strip. With some right, with really big drag personality, big drag personality. So if you if you are calling her dim, well, let me just tell you, it's only because those Vegas lights are so bright. She would she would be bright anywhere else, but but Vegas, yes, Joe Batanz. I'm going to tell you something, and let me say this first: <laughs> Acid Betty should still be there. Derek Barry should be home. I want to make that clear. Okay. okay? Derek Barry, I do not think, is a very strong drag queen. I don't think, I think she's probably reached the point where she's supposed to be maybe even gone a little bit farther than she could have gone. Yes. I do think Bob deserves to be in the top three. I think Bob is very, very, very strong. That being said, I do feel like there's a mean girl quality to Bob in this clip, and they're starting to edit him that way. And that Derek, not not necessarily that Derek's so innocent, but... It does feel like she's ganged up on and she feels like a cornered animal to me. Yeah, but and no, so like because in that clip, in that clip, she's just saying that Debbie Harry and this other guy uh, said like, no, the other guy, Chris, said that she he she could stand in for Debbie Harry. And then Bob went after her. Bob made one of the snide remarks and he has his two New York friends who support whatever he's saying. They're like, they're like, the, they're like the, yeah, yeah, yeah so wait, you go, Bob. But wait, you go, see, this is, Derek this doesn't is, have that. Derek doesn't have that. This is not what I heard at all. What I heard was Derek basically recounting what happened in her head to a bunch of people who were all standing there going, wait, that's not what happened. They didn't invite you on tour. They said you had a nice voice. They said, you know, that you could play Debbie in a movie or something like that. But they didn't invite mm-hmm. you on tour and give you, you know, like, you know, hey, yeah, let me give you my number. It's like she was making it into this huge thing. And, you know, Bob was just kind of like bringing it back to reality. I thought it was just kind of like, again, though, this is, you know, they're not allowed to talk to each other except when the cameras are on. So, of course, this this probably just blew over. It was probably just a thing. I feel Bob has a big problem with Derek. Who knows where it stems from? And it just felt, I felt this in other episodes with Derek that he's very mean to her. And, and he, ha- he's lucky in that one, he's a stand up comic and she's not. He's, you're, Taylor's right. She's not very bright. Okay. Bob is very bright. He has way bigger skills and better skills than Derek does. And it's an unfair advantage. It's like, it's like boxing in a different weight class. And uh, for some reason, he has it for Derek Barry. What, and, I, and I've already made my point. I think Bob you're is right. fierce. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think. And, I think and, and by the way, I also say I can also say, especially what we're seeing with the acid Betty turn, it could be all editing. Yeah, yeah. Could, I don't want to be a slave to the edit. We're one of those shows that talks about the edit. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna play the button. Uh, here's the thing, though. If you recall back to the first episode, Meet the Queens, right? The uh, or Keeping It 100, whatever the the title of that show was. Uh, Derek goes in for the you know for the for the burn. 
way too soon. You know, that I feel like that's probably she's in a show, right? She's in Diva Frank Marino's Divas in Vegas. There's like what, fourteen drag queens in that show? Something like that. There's yeah. probably a whole lot and you know, that's how they do. Like there's some drag queens that just believe that it's all about just, you know, of insulting each other, right? That's that's their gig. It's like, because if you don't remember that very first thing, it's like Acid Betty said something along the lines of, you know, well, people have been thought that I was dead and, you know, and they're like, why? Well, because of the way you look, you know, it's like she immediately, you know, like tried to make a burn in that very first episode. Didn't do it well, but I mean, it was, I think that's probably, if anything, she's just, she's one of those queens that always says something negative to annoy the other queens and they've, you know, Bob's just. I agree. I, I agree that she's awkward and she has issues, right? And I don't, and I don't think she's cute. If there's no, I have no motive. It just feels like a weak person being attacked. Taylor, do you have anything to say about this? No, I, I stand behind my that. I think it's. I, I agree with what you're saying. I never really looked at it as a like a cornered animal, but maybe just a cornered dim animal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow, Taylor, are you all right? You seem you seem down tonight. You seem yeah, like uh, I'm seem... very tired, but I, I'm wow. I'm trying to I'm trying to rev myself up. I'm sorry. I know that I've been. Quiet <laughs> you know what you might need, minutes. Taylor. What? A latte. Oh, oh, oh with the latte joke already. Here's it the thing. It brings me Java, and it brings me joy. Wow. Here's the, uh, I think when I hear lines, like I'm not that, in it, every time I hear a Britney Spears, you know, song title. Yeah, sure. In my mind, there's someone in production, like feeding them these lines. It's like, I agree it, with it would that. Be better if you said, it would be better if you said, I'm not so innocent. You know, don't you think, don't you think Bob's being toxic? <laughs> because, because Bob's not a girl, but not yet a woman. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to that train wreck at the end of the show. Oh, all the Madonna references? All oh, the Madonna references. Geez. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. All right. Okay, here we go. The next day in the workroom, Rue arrives and announces this week's Maxi Challenge. For this week's Maxi Challenge, we're going to break out of the studio <laughs> as we drive along the Hollywood freeway <gasps> looking for fresh roadkill. Then, back in the workroom, you'll need to transform the furry little pelts into evening gowns that scream hashtag Critter Couture. Oh, hell, who am I kidding? It's time to play the Snatch Game! Yeah! <laughs> hashtag Snatch Game. Now, you know how it works. Impersonate a celebrity, fill in the blanks, and stake your claim as a frontrunner in this competition. Later, during a table visit with RuPaul, Derek Barry struggled to make a choice about her character. Hey, Derek. Hey, Ru. Are you going to do Britney? It's an obvious choice, but this is my chance to show everyone that I'm more than just a Britney impersonator. Uh-huh. And so I think I'm going to go with Laura Bell Bundy's character. Yes, she's yeah. the country singer Broadway star. Right. And she made up all these characters, and Show Can't Tell is my favorite one. Uh-huh. She is a black girl trapped in a white girl's body. Ah, uh-huh. can I see a little bit of your Laura Bell Bundy character? Hello, RuPaul, I am here. My show can't tell you that I do have a penis. You know, sometimes the most obvious thing is the thing to do. You just have to decide where you want to go. The stakes are high. There's $100,000 on the line. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? All right, Derek. Thank you, Rue. Bye. Bye. Okay, so now we're so let's talk about the challenge. Let's talk about the fake out. Let's talk about Derek Barry's weird character at the um 
at the table. I don't know this person or character. She I don't feel like Rue didn't know either. No, she's I, a YouTube uh, star. Uh, it's Shokantel Brown is the character that this uh, Laura Bell plays on YouTube. Would you, would you like to hear some? Yeah, I'd like to hear. Well, Taylor has, yeah, I think Taylor has something to say here. I was going to say, which oh. is a character from about three years yeah, ago. Yeah, four. Actually, four and five years is ago. Is it four? Yes, four yes, and five? Yes, okay. Oh, the character doesn't even exist anymore. No, no. This, uh, this is the most recent clip, which was uploaded on December 19th of 2011. Okay. Look at that. Ho, ho, ho. I know a couple people could have this one. Okay, so really what's happening is I'm having a party tomorrow with the Holiday Inn Express. I'm on a continental breakfast because you know it was cheaper that way, and so I was like gonna get some like you know. It's 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 she's shopping in a in a Kmart. No, but did you hear? I how it was like. Oh, you mean Blair Blue Blue, the t- t- TV's show troupe, and star of Broadway and TV and film? Yeah, I know her. Who yeah. talks like that? No one talks like that. It it was it was an odd. It, that that seemed to be a lot of the theme of the of the choices for the contestants was just very odd selections. People that you would kind of think, why are you doing this? Kind of dovetailing from this scene, though, the scene with Derek and the other thing. My hope is if this is the level of between the fighting for five minutes to come up with something funny to say and this, Derek better hope she's not still around when the library is open. Oh, that's next week. So, I mean, that's the mini challenge next week, according to. Do oh, we know challenge. that already? Yeah, according to the TV guide, uh, the the mini challenge next week is the uh, reading is fundamental. So, yes, yeah, she's. Uh, well, too late, Taylor. Oh, too she's late, be Taylor. There. I might have to look away for that one because I <laughs> have a feeling that's going to be hard. <laughs> because she can't read, or because she'll be read. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. I think that'll be a well, and you, you know. Bob, you, 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 you're black. I mean, I could see that being kind of one of the selections that she says. Yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of a uh, to say. Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. But, but yeah, I, I think she has a really thick skin. I think she'll be fine in the. She will do horribly in that challenge, but I don't think it will bother her too much to be read by other queens. I mean, she's she seems to be clueless as to what they're saying anyway. Daniel, yes, she Daniel. works on the strip. She works with some very big, big. drag. Like Latrice Royale, big like Darian Lake, she, big. She was. She like, is not that innocent. She, she works with a lot of fat women. Is what oh, Bob, works. you came after me. <laughs> go, go ahead, baby. Hit me one more time. <laughs> well, you know, Las Vegas is way more, you know, way bigger in the drag world than let's say New York City, where Bob's from. It's just, what is what is New York City really? It's just it's a little town somewhere in the northeast it's a, it's a fucking little island little people it's a um. fucking island no one even you know barely hears of it and uh you know it's not las vegas i'll tell you that it's, it's not frank mariano's divas in las vegas right i mean frank fucking mariano why the, by the way frank marino whatever, whatever i don't know marinara who here's the thing uh you know uh jay ellis our uh our friend over on the after buzz tv show mm-hmm. his co-host that doesn't give a shout outs hates Derek berry which co-host is three mark, of them mark Mark hates Lorraine Love is his drag name, but uh, Mark hates Derek Barry. Well, here's a little something about this show. Your co-host hates Derek Barry. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't hate her. Don't send letters. I just I'm just not impressed with her compared to some of the other ones. Actually, no one ever supports Derek Barry. You know who the controversial person that people support? Who? This Naomi Smalls. Yeah. We get so many Naomi Smalls, like pro Naomi Smalls emails. You know, I think it's it's she's the youngest queen there. Well, since Layla left, and uh, she's just kind of 
I don't know. She just seems like one of those, you know, young. She's innocent. really hot. She oh is. God, she I is young and hot. I don't see that at all. Well, for are a, you kidding? Oh my god! No, she's with the, she's too skinny and just yes. I, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's pretty cute mm-hmm. for a black guy. Anyway, uh, first of all, no such thing as too skinny, uh, Taylor. Joke from her later in the show. By the way, you know where I pulled the clips. Whatever. I was not telling you that. I know that you all. Oh hey, stop telling me that, Daniel. No, no, no skinny too small. Is that what you said? There's no such thing as too skinny. Yeah. But I was going to tell a joke and I just completely tripped over my own tongue. So never mind. Move ahead. Move along. Here's my question, though. Doesn't it make sense to show up with multiple characters for a Snatch Game? Like, this is season eight, right? You should have, like, Bob the Drag Queen probably has the right idea, right? Well, he shows up with three things that he could do, three fully fleshed out things that he could do. Right? Well, let's let's talk about when we get to that. Because uh, let's get to that first. Oh, okay. All right. In the workroom, Acid Betty gave us an early look into her Snatch Game character. Who are you doing, baby? I was going to do Nancy Grace, which is brilliant, by the way. Yeah, I because think it's she's funny. so so over funny. the top. Oh, she's the craziest. Right. And just have outrage at every everything. Corner. I'm impersonating Nancy Grace herself because she seems like a major bitch, and I can relate to that. During the snatch game, though, Acid Betty's Nancy Grace proved to be a little clumsy. Next up, television host and former prosecutor, Nancy Grace is here. Hello, Nancy. You know, I'm worried about the children, RuPaul. Yes. There's reefer smokers oh, influencing yeah. them every day. All right, all right. First question, Gigi Hadid. There's a new dating app for drag queens. When you join, the first question they ask is, how big is your blank? Prosecutor Nancy Grace. Well, as everybody knows, not only do I do newscasting, but I also was on another show where I dance. So I said, how big are your bunions? What do you do for bunions? Well, I was told you can get them shaved off. That's what they do. I'm about to get that done. Sally, the supermodel, is so lactose intolerant, when the photographer says cheese, she blanks. Let's go down to Nancy Grace. She sends out an Amber Alert. Nancy Grace is terrible. It's important to keep the children safe from the boozers and the users and the reefer smokers. It's Elimination Day, and Acid Betty offered a little peek into what it's like to be so caustic. I think there's a lot of queens at home who do not interact with me. It sucks that none of them ask me to be a part of their community. So I don't fit in anywhere. There's certain definitions of drag, you know? And there's like, I'm putting it because I'm the look queen. I've had fights with those people where they're like, oh, you're not a drag queen, you just do looks. Yes, mm -hmm. It hurts me, actually, that I'm a lone soldier And I think that's that huge wall that I put in between me and myself and everybody else. Okay, so this is that's the Acid Betty storyline in this episode, at least up until the the lip sync. Uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts on Acid Betty's story? You know, I don't know if it was just because when you're watching things, you you just you fill your mind fills in things. It's like I didn't realize she was not using any kind of southern accent whatsoever until because we're we're just playing the audio here so i'm not seeing the picture to accommodate it's like that was why i was saying wow it's just like when she was talking that last nancy grace clip there was like wow that you're not even trying to give a nancy grace voice there you're just like talking and it seemed really odd um i i you know i acid betty i think said on uh what you're packing with michelle visage she gave a little bit more of her backstory that she is you know she works as a uh 
like a looks queen. Like she goes to museums and stuff where she like, uh, you know, greets people and gets the party started and like serves drinks. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, she mm-hmm. gets paid to go to these parties and be like a, a piece of art. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, those kind of high end parties, which is what that comment meant. Like shows people that we can do more than, you know, serve drinks. That's, that's what she was referencing. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, clearly she was in the bottom two this week and then we're, we're building in her backstory. Like, let's make her human, whatever. I think she's always been human. I think we've, you know, she's had a bitchy edit up until this point, but I think, you know, she's a little bit rough around the edges, but she's, she seems like a, a decent person. Taylor, do you have any thoughts on Nancy Betty here on this storyline? I, on her I snatch game performance. When she said she was doing Nancy Grace, I actually got excited because yes. I thought that's a perfect section for her. Just like with Bianca and Judge Judy, that's just a great to be that caustic in your face. Yeah, because Nancy and, Grace is in fucking sane, right? Yeah, it's like, no, she's, she is a lunatic. So she's the idea never could, met anyone on trial that wasn't 100% guilty and a fucking terrorist. You know, it's just like, right. you know, it's like. So for it to fall as flat as it did, complete with the hair, you know, the hair was all off and she was coming in and out of the Southern accent. It it was, it was disappointing. And it's particularly sad because it reminded me a little bit of the parallel of this editing to the way they kind of did with Miss Fame last season of where she was kind of not, she didn't lip sync. She was just sort of one of those that showed up places was supposed to get the party started. And it was, wasn't until they did the whole thing with the chickens where you humanized her. And this was the same thing of where it kind of humanized her a little bit. So it, it made me, the whole thing was very, it was kind of a sad arc to watch. So because because maybe I'm like, oh, now I want to know more. Now I want to find out a little bit more about what's going on. And it was it kind of the, the, the Nancy Grace thing in particular. When she started, <laughs> I was like, oh, this sucks. Well, it also shows you what a slave to the edit as audience members we are that, you know, well, I mean, now look, you, she can't deny the cunty things that she said earlier. But like it was definitely edited. as She was the villain. And then in the last couple of episodes, we started to see a softer side. Now, taking into account that perhaps maybe the um, that the um, if we if we say that the edit was sort of fair, maybe it could be that she's one of the people that needs to acclimate to her environment. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's sort of how she reacts at first. And now that she's gotten to know them, because let's, let's, let's actually work this out. If you're assuming two to three days per episode uh, and we're on episode five, they've really only known each other like maybe 10 days to 14 days. Yeah. You know, and they only see each other when they're when they're when they're doing the drag race stuff. So, I mean, that's maybe it just took that her that long to get to know them. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I you know, artistic people can run that way too right i mean we're we do a big podcasting event in vegas every year and when you're dealing with a bunch of you know type a type little a because we're podcasters right we're not movie stars but it's like when you're dealing with a bunch of little type a personalities and it can be trying at times right people people will blow up and scream and, and yell i mean they'll calm down and they'll get over it but it's like you know that's that's just sometimes how creative people get right that things aren't going their way and she's a graphic artist by trade right she she does you know graphic art stuff and so she's used to being on her own drawing and designing and she does digital art stuff but it's like you know that's her thing right it's like quiet creative kind of you know space now here she is um i think we forget sometimes that this is a race i've heard a lot of queens after the show say you know it is definitely a race it's like you are go 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 it's like you have you know two hours to do this you have two hours to make an outfit you have you know, an hour and a half to get your makeup on. And then you have to go out onto the runway and stand there and watch for five hours. You know, it's like, so it's like, you don't have that leisure time to get the things done. You have very little time to get things done. And then it's go, 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 hurry up and wait. 
And I think, you know, that can be frustrating. And I, I, I think that feeds into the producers a lot, right? That makes great television because we just get to see the areas where they blow up. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know what my original point was. Now I'm just, now I'm just babbling. Do you have any more thoughts on Acid Betty and her storyline this episode, Daniel? No, I, I, I will miss her. I thought, you know, I, I, we'll talk about it when she leaves. I mean, I, I thought she was great when she, she left. She left. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Taylor, do you have any final thoughts on her storyline? No. No, I think that it, it, I, I stand behind my statements from before. You know, I had to go to Wikipedia earlier to uh, in writing this episode to look up something. And I saw on the chart, you know, they, they, they note who was eliminated, who was safe, who was placed high, who was placed low. Mm-hmm. And Acid Betty had the most highs. I think she had like two or three that she was always in the top three, you know. And I think she even won a couple of times. Oh no! Only one. I think only Bob's won twice. So she at least did she have, did she ever at least at least win once? I, I think she did. Don't no. Didn't she win the very first challenge? What was the very first challenge? No, Kim Chi won the first no, challenge. Kim Chi won the first challenge. Yeah, yeah. Just, so she did very well. Like if you actually look at it as a numbers game, like because well, I guess we can talk about this at the end. But I I think it's really weird that that Acid Betty went home. If you're just looking at a pure numbers game, but okay. I think if you look at previous seasons, though, strong, early, strong contenders went home early as well. I don't think this is that shocking in that I I, I think that there have been other ones that have won maybe one or two of the first three and then went home in the fifth or sixth episode where they just assume this is it. This is, you know, just hand me the crown. And then they 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 had one or two bad things in a row, but then they never really recovered from it. Yeah, but I think I, I sort of feel like she had one bad thing in the snatch game, but she her look was her look was great. Yeah, Acid Betty did not win a competition. She was high for the first. She was in the high side for the first three competitions. She was safe for the fourth competition, and she was eliminated on the fifth. Hmm. Okay, well, let's move on to Naomi Smalls in the workroom. Naomi Smalls shares some insight into her original snatch game character. What character are you doing? Well, I was going to do Whoopi Goldberg. The Color Purple is like one of my favorite movies and so quotable. Everyone knows The Color Purple. Yeah. I've been working on it since I found out I was going to be on the show, and I cannot wait to be able to prove that I am a performer. I'm not just a runway queen. Things get awkward when Bob the Drag Queen mentions that Whoopi Goldberg is one of many characters he's considering for Snatch Game. Who are you doing? I'm torn between Whoopi Goldberg, Uzo Aduba, who's an actress on um, Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. And my last choice was probably my favorite, but I look the least like her as Carol Channing. I want to show you how much I look like Whoopi Goldberg. So Bob basically has like 10 characters that he could possibly do. All of a sudden, he's got the sister act outfit on. He's, like, really giving that whoopee look. I think that if you hit a man, a man has the right to knock you out. You don't want to get hit by a man, don't go around hitting people. That's all I'm saying. This is going to be the whoopee game instead of the snatch game. I'm realizing, oh, shit, I might be out of my league here. So I'm going to have to go with my plan B backup. In the end, Naomi Smalls chose Tiffany Pollard, a.k.a. New York, as her character. But the performance was less Big Apple and more Naomi Smalls Apple. <laughs> did the did production feed do that line? <laughs> She's not that innocent. Up next, reality superstar Tiffany New York Pollard. New York is in the motherfucking house. <laughs> First question, Gigi Hadid. There's a new dating app for drag queens. When you join, the first question they ask is, how big is your blank? Let's move on to Tiffany New York Pollard. How big is your clock? 
because drag queens love a big ass clock, right? <laughs> Lady Bunny has an unusual way of celebrating gay pride. Instead of the rainbow flag, she hangs her blank out the window. Moving on down to Tiffany New York Pollard. When I think of pride, I think of my hair. So I said $800 weave. That's an $800 weave? Oh, of course. Blended. Ugh. It's Elimination Day, and Naomi Small shares what it's like to come from a loving but mixed-race family. Do you have any siblings, Bob? I have two brothers, actually. Uh-huh. How many do you have? I have eight brothers and three sisters. Whoa. That is crazy. And you said you're adopted? Yeah. Do they have a talk where they're like, you know, where they want, like, one day, like, well, just so you know. Like, it's very obvious that I'm adopted. These are my parents, so growing up with white parents. And I'm a rainbow like, family. Like, this is my mom. She's gorgeous. Yeah, she's, like, the best mom ever. I'm literally the only gay one in my family, and I have a Christian background, and I've heard stories of kids being shunned from the family and all that and my mom has done nothing but make me feel accepted and she's just an amazing woman i love my mom growing up i literally had like the best parents and best childhood did you ever feel a, a need to just study up on black stuff kind of it wasn't a weird thing until i got into high school middle school and people were throwing out all these like black references yeah and i was like wait what does that mean did you grow up with like black culture was like secondhand i grew up in a all-black family i went to all-black high school all-black elementary school and a majority black middle school like i get called oreo like all the time it's obnoxious or like oh he's kind of cute for a black guy oh don't even get me started on being cute for a black guy it's kind of it's really obnoxious i think you're kind of cute for a black guy naomi (laughs) thank you kimberly chi taylor he of the latte boys what were your thoughts on Naomi Smalls' storyline as heard on RuPaul's Drag Race recap? I, okay. Okay. I think that it, of the stories, if you're trying to pull at the heartstrings, this one was the weakest of the stories that we've heard so far, but it's also the happiest of the stories. So, you know, that's kind of the trade-off in that, you know, she was adopted by a loving family, surrounded by siblings, and, you know, she seems she to have She was hot for a black guy. And she's she's kind of hot for a black guy, so. But I mean, it it was it it was it was almost kind of refreshing to hear that that it wasn't a. And then my parents beat me, and that's why I'm a drag queen. Kind of the, like story that you hear, hard, you know. And I'm not trying to stereotype there. Again, please don't mm-hmm. send the letters. Um, I, I guess that that the, that's kind of what I got from that story. Like it was when when she said, "I have this many." brothers and sisters and well this is a picture of my family and oh i was adopted i was like oh okay so you know because you hear the piano music start you think oh god now this is the this is the part that brings everybody mm-hmm. down and it didn't necessarily do that now that being said because we've heard so many tragic stories and that kind of thing in the weeks before it didn't necessarily resonate with me like maybe some of the other ones did it, did, it didn't pull me in emotionally well, what did you think of her performance as new york Oh, I thought it was horrible. I thought that was horrible. I, again, we're taking a pop culture reference from four, five, actually longer than that, years ago, and we don't look anything like, whereas the, at least with the other ones, you could kind of see where there was a resemblance, with, except for Nancy Grace. And there were the two that looked the least like the, the characters they were portraying, and with the exception of, you know, Bob as Carol Channing. And that might be why the two of them were in the bottom two. I, there was a there was a big thing about Bob being Carol Channing, but Carol Channing's part black. Does, she is. Yes. Does it matter? I mean, I don't he's, see color, Daniel. But my my point is, he was just doing an impersonation of Carol Channing. It was just like uh, that's, no, but they made a point of it, like, oh my god, she was a black Carol Channing. Oh, I don't think they said, oh my god. They just said 
They were horrified, Daniel. They weren't horrified. They were just going like, here's someone who looks nothing like Carol Channing. They did a dead-on Carol Channing you, impersonation. At the bar like, that you went to, did they play the disclaimer that RuPaul played? I they played did not go to a bar last night. We had, oh, you didn't see it. We had a freak nor'easter up here. And it's like, literally, when I got out of the office yesterday, I had to chisel my way into my car because my, my doors had frozen shut from freezing rain. It's just like, so I got home and I did not want to leave again. So I just basically watched it at home last night. What kind of disclaimer? What are you talking about? Yeah, on the one that I watched here in California, RuPaul came out and she was like, Hey, kitty girls, you're going to see something really offensive right now. Uh, Bob the Drag Queen's going to play Carol Channing. Bye. No, he didn't. You are so <laughs> full of shit. Here's, you know what? Unlike Taylor, who has a cold black heart who only reacts to sad stories, I thought no, Naomi's. I, I didn't say that. Yeah, I didn't Taylor say that. Was like, it wasn't tragic enough. I knew, no one I knew kicked that, a kitten, know. so I, I, you know. It was an I okay mo- story, but I would have felt better yeah. had she, like, you know, lost her dog or something. No, yeah. if it's anything, like I said I was, it was refreshing <laughs> because it was the opposite of that. Yeah. Where there Naomi's, was m- Naomi's mom didn't turn into a pillar of salt, so I wasn't interested. Yeah. No uh, one kicked a kitten, so I guess I didn't get an erection last night. Right. I I liked her story. I'd like, I like her as a person. I like Naomi Smalls as a person. I don't care for her drag. I, I think, you know, it was they were correct to clock her for just keep wearing the same outfit. And uh, but yeah, her 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 New York Tiffany. Pop, it's like one of those things. Right? It's it's a pop culture reference from three or four years ago, but it's not a good pop culture reference from three or four. You know how, you know, like I could say, like, where's the beef, which is a reference from like the 80s. But it's one that stuck. Right. It's one that everyone knows. As opposed to saying some other... I'm too you know, young for that reference. Like this, it's like going, oh, let's all avoid the Noid, which we've all fucking forgotten about because it was a stupid pop culture reference back in the 80s. Apparently you, know, you haven't. No, but I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm doing some... Daniel knows that the weird marketing <laughs> schemes from like 40 years ago. What I'm saying you is... Know, they, oh. when they, I, I go to McDonald's. I'm not loving it. You know, I maybe I don't deserve a break today. It's like being Fred Figglehorn or something. It's like, yeah, that was cool five years ago. It's you know, and it was relevant what the fuck then. Fuck is a Fred Figglehorn? Hi, it's Fred. He was on YouTube. What? Oh, oh that YouTube. Guy. Oh, oh this okay. This is guys. you know what? My point. Oh, but my Taylor, point. this is the deal. He heard us making him sound old, so now he's going to no, try YouTube that. references. It is not that at so all. That what I'm saying young. is, is that it was a stupid. I'm young, everyone. I'm just saying Tiffany Pollard is not a current person to do is not to, and neither is Derek's original choice right the the uh show enough or whatever I, I don't show know. can't tell show brown can tell brown i don't know i i feel so weird right now i just i feel like uh, why I, I don't know like we should do calisthenics or something i just feel like the uh, the mood what is way down about? why do is the mood down taylor is, oh, is are you okay? coming for me are you coming? you know what you know what taylor Taylor, here's the thing. This is the first time he's done the show sober. And so now he's like, what is going on? Everything's slower. It is the second time I've done the show sober. So so what I'm hearing is that we've created a monster. Yeah. He's, he's, um, uh, oh shit, 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 shit. What is the name of that character? Fred Figglehorn? No. (laughs) No. The one on Friends. Teresa Pollard. Fun Bobby. You're fun Bobby. You're only fun when you're drunk. (laughs) So we we need to get you drunk in order order for you to take the show and be up. Speaking of obscure references, uh, yeah. That is a pretty obscure reference. Um, Taffy Carlisle Huffington, my co-host. This is the one other podcast. Yeah, she whatever to, you you share and a she brain. She appreciate with her. that reference. She, you, she and her share a brain. Of course, that you would. Uh, she would. You would get that anyway. Fine. Well, you guys have both. You guys have all used your obscure reference cards for today. I'm going to save mine for at some point today. I will make an obscure reference. <laughs>
I'm going to make an obscure reference. I get one down, too. Okay, great. All right. All right. So, wait. You know, one thing I want to say is, and they never talk about this, no one ended up doing fucking Whoopi Goldberg. I know. I, that was, because when she put on the bandana with the with the dreads, she did look like Celie from The Color yeah. Purple, and I was just like, that. I thought she was going to do that, and I'm like, that will either go genius. Yeah. Or there will be phone calls to logo one or the other. There was no, there was no in between. Yeah, I think it but was. I thought she looked like her. Yeah, I think it was is as a confidence thing. She she kind of alluded to it in Untucked that you know she just she had her confidence shaken and so then she she knew she did a bad job out there and she was you know but she didn't know how to little known uh, Joe Batanz fact. Well, and I believe Color Purple might be the first thing I masturbated to. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> I was going to say I almost wonder if that was done as a um. If Bob did that, kind of going back to the whole Bob as a mean girl thing, if that was done to psych her out. Uh, I don't know. You know what? To me, though, that whole thing where Bob was like, let me show you how much I look like Britney, you know, like a Whoopi Goldberg. Like Britney Spears. Like, let me show you how that, they all should have come out to like Britney Spears. If they were smart, the other six would have come out and said, we're all doing Britney Spears. By the way, by the way I just want to clarify this right. I love Bob the Drag Queen. I, I find him to be hilarious. I would love to go see him in a show and whatever. But at this point Uh-oh, in time, it comes. to me, it's just kind of like, why don't we just give Bob his own show? Because he's just kind of distracting from all this other stuff. It's just kind of like... Uh, yeah, he chews up the the scenery, right? He chews up the when he's on screen, but mm-hmm. they just keep putting him on all the time. It's just like let's just let's just like have a little less Bob. Let's let's I want to I want to meet some of these other queens. Just like I like. Bob. I'm going to tell you something. I bet you the editor is saying we're giving you as little as we can. <laughs> that there's so much Bob material. And you know what? The Bianca season. Bianca. That was a ton of Bianca that season. There was. So yeah. I, I, I think that it's one of these that of when you have people like Derek, who they have to feed her again, allegedly the feeder, I'm not so innocent. <laughs> and some of the other ones that are on there, I think that when you've got somebody that's giving as much as she's giving, they're going to use that as much as they can. Now, that being said, the comment that Michelle made at the end of Runway, I think that's telling for future episodes. Can you say that stronger? I will turn off this microphone and walk away from this podcast. Right now. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't, oh, 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 oh I get it now. I get it. I now, he's now, trying Taylor, to take, he's what, trying what did, what did Michelle it. say? She said something about you tend to be grandstanding a little bit. You tend to be like showboating, that yes. sort of stuff. Almost like a, we get it. You're funny. Bring it down enough because it's starting to get old. Yeah. And I, I rarely agree with Michelle Visage, but I did agree with her on that. I thought you were getting ready to say you rarely agree with me. No, <laughs> I always, I always agree with you, Taylor. Always. Move on. Thank you. Why did no one ask any more questions about my uh, masturbating to color purple? Uh, you story? know, I <laughs> I couldn't. Wait, what? This was a long time ago. All Taylor. I heard was color purple. What? And then you got. Then we, I interrupted you, and then it got skypey. You've masturbated to the color purple. Well, yeah, it was the only book that I had in my house when I was like eleven or twelve. Well, we had more books than of that. A but, book. <laughs> oh yeah, the book, not the movie. Gross. That, that would be weird, Taylor. <laughs> What he's not telling you is is actually the kids' book, The Color Purple, which is just all about the different shades. It's Harold and the Purple Crayon. That's the right, book exactly. that he actually was Purple comes in Oh, yeah, dude. I have, I have beat off to Grimace so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that's your obscure reference, isn't it, Grimace? No, no. That's not even my obscure reference. I'm still saving my obscure reference. You're going to pull out Mayor McCheese and the Hamburglar next. It's just oh, like... We all see. It'll be or so Birdie. obscure you won't even know I'm saying it. Birdie from breakfast the moment McDonald's started having breakfast. Wasn't that his name? Was that his name? Birdie? Yes, her name was Birdie. I hated I hated that character. Was All right. Uh, a aside, Joe Batanz, let's just dive right into our looks, shall we? 
Yes. Are you coming for me? I believe I believe I came for you, dear. Uh, let's take a look at the looks. The first thing we want to take a look at here is RuPaul's outfit for this weekend. What did you think, Joe Batanz? Well, I got to open it up. <laughs> what did you think, Taylor the Latte okay, Boy? Well, okay. I remember I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that she was looking age appropriate or something, and I got like the gasps, the gay gasps. Yes. I think I realized what the difference is on her compared to other seasons. She looks like she's been working out. Like her arms are really fit. Yes. And and her like her neck and everything, it just seems like she's a little, and I mean this in the best possible phrase. Her 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 angles are a little harder, but I, I feel like it works for her. And, and I don't mean that like as as a read at all. I just mean yeah. that it's something about her that she looks more defined. Yeah, I, I feel like I heard Jinx Monsoon say something about this recently that she like works out every day and people are trying to run into her in the uh, in the gym, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Joe Batanz, what did you think of her look? Well, it's funny that you say that because I noticed it was very pronounced this week, the Vaseline on the lens when it was shot on her. Yeah. And then the actual, when you when you watch it in HD, it's probably not that um, apparent on SD, mm-hmm. but when you watch it in HD, it's like her filter on her camera when, when she's on the judges table is so foggy with the Vaseline. And then you go cut back to the normal one. So maybe, yes, she's working out, but. There was one shot in particular that that was actually jarring. I know what you're talking about, where it seemed like it was just shot. The lighting was completely different from every other time that she was in a shot. So it made me think of when Daniel said that, you know, they go back and film something and they just put other people's shoulders on, like, either yeah. side of her to go for mm-hmm. a reshoot. That, it, I, I got what you were talking about with that. And I remember thinking the lighting and just, like, there was a gloss on the lens and stuff. And it was like a three-second thing that I it took me aback. That being said, I love the glitteriness of the dress. I give it a toot. There you go. I give it a toot. Toot. All right, let's move on. Thor G. Thor in the first of the kimonos. Uh, Joe Batanz. Toot. <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy. I loved it. Toot. Yeah, I, I really, of the kimonos, I probably liked her the best. I like that cute little knot that she had in the beginning there, you know, in the front of it there. And I like the, the, just the trim around the shoulders and everything. I give it an absolute toot. Uh, moving on, Kim Chi in the uh, kimono. Uh, I'll start this time. Also a toot. I, I did like that as a, a proper kimono, as it were. Uh, I liked her little sun salutation that she did at the end of the runway. So toot for me, Taylor. I thought as far as the makeup goes, this was probably the most of an homage to Madonna with the red and the black. And the kimono was kind of, it was a beautiful kimono, but it was sort of basic to me compared to... Like when you think about the Madonna, that, that there's just something that I can care for as much. Sorry, but it's still a toot. It's a toot look. I I so want to know what kind of porn Bobaloo was watching in the other room because it's like you were so Skypey. It's crazy. And you are super Skypey too. Yeah. Joe All right. Is so not you are super Skypey. Joe Batanz, what did you think of the uh, of uh, of of kimchi? Toot. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate? Or are you good? No, I don't know fashion. You're lucky. I, you're lucky. I can do toot and boot. <laughs> All right, Derek Barry, uh, boot for me. I just, it just by this point, I'm tired of kimonos, and it just it didn't look anything like Madonna's outfit. And Madonna would never wear a kimono that has her own picture painted. I don't know. But just no boot. I, I didn't like it. Uh, Taylor, I it was boring to me. I liked the sleeves, but I also thought that's not something you're going to necessarily be able to see, other than when she brings her arms out. Yeah. So, no, I did. I did like her hair, though. I liked her wig. Okay, so, toot or a boot? Boot. Boot. Joe Batanz. Toot. <laughs> you 
You're just going to say toot for everything, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, uh, no. Naomi Smalls in the final kimono look of the evening. Uh, Joe Batanz. I'm telling you something, too. Uh. I'm... Uh, I, I'm going to toot it even though I'm tired of her wearing the same outfit every week. But, you know, she does look good and I'll give her that. But I would like to see her in something else. But for, for what it is, a toot. Taylor. Boot. Boot. I'm bored. I'm bored with this. She needs a different silhouette. Acid Betty. Uh, pregnant giving birth to doves. Taylor. Uh, toot. It's, it's just because it was, the, for one, it was the first one that wasn't a kimono. But also, it was an original look that was a little different. It wasn't what you expected for a Madonna look. So for that, I would definitely give it a two. All right. Turn your camera off. Just click on the, the camera thing. Let's see if that clears it up. Joe Batanz, toot or a boot? Toot. It was super original. I liked it. <laughs> I'm going to give it a toot also. I thought it was uh, very clever. Robbie turned her, Joe Batanz. Toot. <laughs> She's wearing her League of Her Own outfit. Taylor, what did you think? Toot. This was probably my favorite of all of the looks. Okay. And it was perfect for Robbie Turner because she likes to do old school stuff. So it was a great homage to her style, but also using Madonna. So, toot. Is it me or do her feet look weird? It's like her feet look tiny compared to the rest of her. So that that distracted me. But overall, I will give it a two. Uh, Chi-Chi Maybe De- someone should give her some boots and she, her feet would look bigger. Wow. Uh, Chi-Chi Devane, uh, going old school here. Uh, fun fact, we found out in Untucked that she made most of this outfit that day. Uh, Taylor, what did you think of Chi-Chi Devane? Well, uh, two thoughts. One, boot. But two, wasn't she complaining that she didn't have a cincher last episode? <laughs> I don't think she was complaining. I think Michelle Versage was complaining that she didn't, you know, wear a cinch. But, uh, yeah. She apparently, according to Untucked, she put all of those beads, on, you know, on the on the corset, like at 5 a.m. in the morning. And she made those cones out of aluminum foil. So, uh, Joe Batanz, toot or boot? Uh, before I saw Untucked boot, after I saw the work she did, toot. Okay, final look. Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, we'll start with Taylor. Taylor. Uh, toot. I, I thought that for originality, I, I like the ones that seem to go beyond the basic Madonna, Material Girl, that kind of stuff. I'm kind of surprised that nobody came out in the Marilyn Monroe Material Girl dress, and the fact that she came out in this was great. And her legs looked amazing. If that is, in fact, all padding, then God bless her. Toot. Oh, I also feel like Avita, the look from the Avita premiere, the Avita when she was with the veil and stuff like that, that seems very drag queen. Yeah, I was very surprised that Robbie Turner didn't come out in the Vogue, like that Elizabethan, you know, the big dressy thing that she loves. Oh, that would have been a good one, too. But that, does, that's something Raja would have done. Yeah. But, uh, Joe, you toot or boot on Bob the Drag Queen? Toot. All right. I'm going to be the odd man out here. I'm going to give it a big boot. I don't know if you can see here in this screenshot. You can clearly see her five o'clock shadow. She looks like a boy in a in a wig. I mean, it's like this to me is the least drag queen look that she has done. This is this is more like genderqueer or you know androgynous look to me. This is not it's not read drag queen to me at all. It does definitely doesn't read Madonna, but it doesn't read drag queen to me. But at that's all. also been a, a general theme of this season. I would say is that and things that when I've said that in the past, you guys have both said. But that's what that's what the kids are doing now. There's all it's yeah. more about gender fuck and not necessarily about. I get, but this like, this specific challenge was to look, you know, a Madonna look, and it's just kind of like I don't think this looks like Madonna. Like if you saw the the outfit that she was copying Madonna, she was wearing boy pants also. 
One thing that I thought was interesting about this look in particular is, and it was very much more noticeable if you watched Untucked, under the 69, she had embroidered RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. And I'm surprised, I'm assuming that she probably has somebody or she could do that herself Mm -hmm. versus taking that someplace because I would think that would be a violation of the rules. Uh, Yeah, I mean, she probably... This is for RuPaul? I mean, this is for Bob? Yeah. I think Bob can sew. Yeah. Well, and if it's something where she has a machine that embroiders stuff, then yeah, I guess that's yeah, a yeah, good yeah. point. Like, but... like my mom has that Husqvarna embroidery machine, and you basically, you design it on the computer, and then you just slap it in, and it does it, right? So it's like, it's real, especially text is real easy to do, because you just type it on the computer, you know, and then send it to the machine and say, here, stitch. And so. Uh, okay. But yeah, and a lot of that is, they have like clip art for embroidery, if that makes any sense. Anyway, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on, on Husqvarna. Okay. I'm sorry. That was just one of those yeah. details that I, I picked no. up on. All right, there you go. That, that was our, those were our looks, ladies and gentlemen, from the uh, the runway, the toot and the boot. We hope that uh, you, uh, wow, that was, I cut that off. Wow. Oh my God. All right, here we go. On the main stage, Thorgy and Betty won praise for their Snatch Game characters. The queens were red for their copycat kimono kiki party, while Naomi and Acid Betty were left in the bottom two. First up, Acid Betty felt the burn. Up next, Acid Betty. I was not expecting to see bedtime stories in the whole bird fly out thing. So kudos to that. Thank you. I think your makeup is okay tonight. It's nothing spectacular. But where I was really let down was in the snatch game, Betty. It did look like her. It was like the wig and the makeup. You were like a white Chaka Khan. I didn't get any Nancy Grace from it. It felt like you were just being you. It was just a fail all the way around. I wasn't sure how to turn such a serious woman funny. I needed like a nasal, angry southern voice. And she leans in and she wants to talk to you on the TV like she's in your living room. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had you as a coach. Okay. Acid Betty. Her runway was very creative. But her Nancy Grace was more like Nancy Disgrace. Ooh, child. How does a drag queen do Nancy Grace and she doesn't even have the wig right? You need a little helmety blonde and then you need a few Nancy Graceisms. And none of that happened. It was just like she didn't even know who Nancy Grace was. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I think we talked about this earlier, right? It was, it was a horrible... You know, it was a horrible Nancy Do you think Grace. the judges nailed it? Do you think they were right? Do you think the critique was right there, Daniel? I disagree with Michelle Versailles. I don't think the wig is what ultimately made that character fail. I think it was the complete lack of character that made it fail. It was just kind of, I don't, I don't think having a, a Nancy Grace wig would have helped that character at all. Taylor, what are your two what are your two cents? Well, we are the show that talks about editing. And I feel like <laughs> the, the way that the comment that was said after Carson made the, the, uh, Nancy Grace impression mm-hmm. with the weird shade button and the okay. I feel like that was pulled from something else. I yeah. didn't read oh, that yeah, when completely. Betty said that as shady. I thought that was just. A, I wish I had just my coach. It was there was no bitchiness or venom. I, it was yeah. ridiculous. Now that yeah. being said, one thing that when we 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 occasionally will do Nancy Grace impressions, myself and one of my co-hosts, and we usually we will end we will choose things like Carson did, and then we will always end with explain. At the end, because that she does <laughs> right. that a lot. She's famous for that. So that would have been something that she could have done during Snatch Game. Even though the wig didn't look right, if she had gotten the character right, yes. you would have forgotten about the wig. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was just odd for her to, to zero in on that. It's just like, really? That's your problem was the wig? It's just like there was, there was a lot of other problems. Next, Naomi Smalls was cut down to size. <laughs> well, how long do you think of these things, really? I mean, it's just like... Half a second. <laughs> Up 
next, Naomi Smalls. It's becoming quite predictable for Naomi to come out in basically lingerie. This is where we go. Oh, maybe I should switch it up now. In Snatch Game, I got lost with the boobs. I think if you would have just stuffed it to the max, it would have made the character a lot more obvious to me. That was your moment to go OTT. I was very underwhelmed with my performance. It was just not coming out, and I'm like so embarrassed about it. All right. Thank you, Naomi. Naomi Smalls did Tiffany Pollard, New York. She didn't do New York. She did not do New York. She wasn't New York. She wasn't Connecticut. She wasn't New Jersey. She wasn't Long Island. I don't know what she was. But Naomi's was my favorite of the kimonos. She made me want to wear it. But I don't know if it really screamed Madonna. It didn't scream kimono either. No. It was a bathrobe. God, I want to have sex with Naomi Smalls so badly. I don't get it. What do you mean? It'd be like a Just daddy because you hate legs. black people, Taylor. I don't hate. Oh my god! <sighs> I like Bob the drag queen. There you go. Mm. Yeah, he's cute as a black guy. Yeah, uh, but I, mean, I, I like him like in a minstrel. Like better black. Sh- you like a minstrel show kind of way. Oh, wow! I mean, <laughs> I'm so glad you all can't see me on the camera. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually like packing up his eyes. He's like, oh, oh they're yeah, gonna, Taylor, they're gonna find me on the internet. You know, it's so much easier to be mean to people when you just see like their little picture right there. I know. Wow. Like yes, when I don't see, know yeah. from your year, your weeks, the way you didn't have your camera up and running. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I know. I'm sure you can, you, you can you turn your camera back on if you. Anyway, here's the. I think. I think I've said everything I can say about Naomi. I agree. Yeah, she just keeps doing the same look. I mean, yeah, they're 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 dead on on that. Yeah, you know it's funny. Did you see? Was it on Untucked or was, no? It couldn't have been the show. It must have been Untucked. Where someone said like, "Well, you know, maybe you should try a new look." And she was like, "What?" Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Robbie Turner yeah. that was telling her that. And yeah, and she said she has two more. She has two more robe and like right. bathing suit yeah. outfits waiting to go. And Robbie's like, "You've done the same silhouette like every week." And I was like, "Really?" It's <laughs> like how yeah. is she? How is she floored by that? This is coming from a guy who wears jeans and a black T-shirt everywhere he goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Because she's twenty-one. I don't know. She's just. Oh, yeah, I guess she's a little older than I am, so. Okay, the girls went uh, head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for for their lives. The song, Madonna's Causing a Commotion, uh, which I'm sure Taylor knows all the words to. Do you, Taylor? I might know all the words to that. I'm a big Madonna fan, so. Oh, much like are with, you? Uh, yeah. Uh, Mad- Madonna has been my go-to gay icon since I was about 17. Until wow, so was this a... This must have been an exciting episode for you then. Well, I was excited to see the look. So you imagine my dismay when half of them come yeah. out in the same fucking outfit. Right. But I think of all of the songs in Madonna's catalog, the reason that why they picked Cause and a Commotion was a little confusing to me. There's so many. I'll tell you exactly why. Done. Tell us. It, it was, was the cheapest, it was cheapest, the cheapest one. one. Yeah, no, I, I understand that, that it's one that is never on greatest hits, though I think it was on Immaculate Collection. But you never really hear anything about it because it was attached to a movie that she did versus one of her from her catalog. So, yeah, I get that, that it's one of the cheapest ones. But I just was kind of like, I used oh. to know this uh, gay guy. He loved Madonna. He was, oh, he was into Madonna, right? And he had this speech he would give, like a memorized speech he gave, right? And I was like, oh, that's sounded memorized. I thought I didn't know where he got it, right? And then I saw some other gay guy who had no connection to this gay guy, and he knew the same memorized speech. Do you know this memorized speech? Anybody? But like, I don't know it, but something along the lines like, in 1982, so and so, so and so, Chacon showed up to New York with 54 cents in her pocket. Nobody, it was like it had 50 something in her pocket, and it showed up in New York City. Do you know the speech that I'm talking about? I kind of know the speech you're talking about. I want to say that was part of her behind the music, the VH1 behind the music thing. Oh, that I don't know where they got it, but they know. They, I'm sure 
I'm guaranteeing at least one person will email us about this and give us the speech. There's some speech um, where they, they, people know this speech. And I was like, what the? These Madonna people are so crazy. Maybe they're just reading from her Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to a Madonna concert, Taylor? One of the best concerts of my entire life was the Blonde Ambition Tour. So, weren't 19- you just talking about on your podcast about the, the book? The, the sex book. We yeah. were talking about the sex book yeah. uh, a couple of couple of episodes ago. Yeah, that we still own the sex book. Um, that was the Taffy's like daughters. That was the nursery rhymes that she read to them as they were trying to sleep at night. I think was out of that book. Um, not really. Uh, what were some of the other best concerts you've been to? I just want to see if just for comparison. Okay, Madonna. That was the best concert I've ever been to. Madonna, Blonde Ambition uh, Tour. Blonde Ambition Tour. Pink, the Truth About Love tour that I just saw a couple years ago. That was probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. Wow. And I want to say Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation was Holy probably shit. one of the best you ones I've like, ever seen too. The gay trifecta here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely those were those those were big. But when you think about it, they're bright. There's lots of pop music. There's tons of choreography. There's tons of costume changes. That that was that's what I'm. Okay, all let about me ask you show. this. No, but you, I don't best? think I don't think you understand, Joe. In 1978, she dropped out of college and she relocated to New York City, and she had very little money, and she worked as a waitress at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> And uh, with modern dance troops, taking classes at uh, the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater and eventually performing the Paralang at the Paralang uh, Dance Theater. I mean, you got the facts, but that's not, it, it, it has something to do with like uh, $54 in her pocket. You don't understand. It was something. the first time she'd ever taken a plane, the first time she'd ever gotten a taxi cab. She came there with $35 in her pocket. It was oh, the bravest <laughs> thing that she's ever done. She's. <laughs> I, oh, internet, I love you. <laughs> I can tell you, and it's almost something where I would almost want to do a bet on it, but I, I don't know that I, if I watch Truth or Dare, I can almost recite while it is playing the entire movie verbatim. Wow. Like, including like Warren Beatty and Big Mama, the the one, the makeup artist. And, I mean, I've watched that movie. I have nuances of the way that she moves and stuff imprinted in my head where I know that she's going to turn a certain way at a certain point and she's going to take the wrapper from where she put the flowers at her mother's grave and she's going to take them out of the... I know all of the things that happens with that. It's sick. I went through like a really big Madonna phase in my early 20s, obviously. And then she started recording shitty music and I stopped listening to her. But Do you think she's a crazy person? Oh, absolutely. I think she's insane. (laughs) Absolutely. I think she's insane. I'm not... I'm not one of these where she can do absolutely no wrong. I think that yeah. she is is she's she's a, not a sociopath, but she's maniacal. You know, she's definitely goal oriented. We can say that. But I, I narcissist. Yes. Classic narcissist. Now, let me ask you this question. Why do you think there are a lot of gay men who uh, they, they, they cling to these uh, these pop idols and they can do no wrong? I know people. People that we have friends in common who like Mariah Carey could literally it's the, shit it's on a the baby. Diva. No, it's the diva factor, Joe. It's it's the it's the the woman diva factor. It's just that that goes synonymous with gay club life. It's you know that. that but why does that? But why I, does it extend to their personal lives? I, I think can see being a fan, but thinking they're a crazy person. Well, I, I think part of it is that you you are okay. Gay men in particular are often what's the word I'm looking for? Shallow. Um, no. Well, yes, but no. Clicky? They, they feel they feel inferior. So they're looking to people like women who are often in our society looked at as inferior, who are strong, powerful women who get what they want, and they want that for themselves. 
So they idolize that, and that's why I feel like I'm on like a theory that doesn't make any sense. But it no, no, I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that so, as as a minority, we look to other minorities and find someone in that minority that is because there are no gay there, or at least back in that time, like Madonna's time, there were yeah. no out gay you know icons that you know that you could really relate to. I mean, there was Harvey Firestein and stuff, but that was really kind of a cerebral kind of a thing. It was just like, but you know, you look to another minority, aka women, and go, look, look here's a woman that's bucking the trend. Right. She's she's not letting that hold her down. She's like in. So you you aspire to that. You're like, oh, yeah, I can be gay and, and you know, be happy with myself and I can I can rule the world or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, every generation has one. I mean, you know, for for my generation of that age, I think it's Madonna. Yeah. You know, you've got our friends who are, very, you know, other friends that are very into Mariah Carey or Janet Jackson. You know, my generation, for, it was uh, 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 what's your name? Eleanor Roosevelt. Dorothy. Uh, what was her name? Uh, I can't even think of her name. Liza's mother. What was that? Judy Garland. Judy Garland. See, uh, yeah, yeah. Back in my uh, in my day, it was Julie Garland. You know, you've also got Lady Gaga, <laughs> Judy Beyonce, and all that kind. Of, I think it's just that's that they respond to that. Judy Garland. He's. You didn't hear. You didn't hear me say Eleanor Roosevelt. Did you? I did hear you say Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, you were choosing just, to ignore me. I okay, chose to I ignore you. That was really more. That was more the the girls, the lesbians of my day. I really looked up to her. So. <sighs> I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. I have not. Joe, you've taken us off the rails here. Uh, Go All ahead. Right. After the lip sync, Rue rendered her final decision. I'm so happy oh, that I can't. Wait, I stop. Change. What clip number is that? You just ruined the show. I did. It's clip 14. Oh, yeah. That's what ruined the show. <laughs> that's what ruined the show. That's what ruined Ladies, the show. I've made my decision. Well, come on, girl. Nomi Smalls. Shantae, you yes. stay. Oh. Acid Betty, you've taken us on one wild trip. Thanks for the high. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been amazing. And I'm so happy to be a part of royalty now. Now, sachet away. I love you guys. Acid Betty, out! Back in the workroom after her elimination, Acid Betty had some parting words of her own. I'm so happy that I came here. I would not change this for anything. Legends are born in RuPaul's Drag Race, and now I'm officially a legend. Bitches, beware, because Acid Betty is now being released to the world, and it's going to be trouble from here on out. Ladies, any final thoughts on the episode? I have a question more than a thought. I, I okay. don't understand. Well, maybe it's another question. It doesn't matter. I, I don't understand the comment that RuPaul made where she said the thing about the, I've consulted with everyone, but the ultimate decision is finally mine because I don't give a fuck what they say. I don't I don't get why that was added similar to the, are you ready for when the yeah. two, the double elimination? Well, she used to say that in the early seasons. Not not the fuck part, but she used to say, I've consulted with the judges, but the final decision is my own. She I think used to also say it was a continuation. Well, the speculation is a continuation of the blow up she had with the two supermodels the day before because they were, I don't know if you saw an untucked, they came back there and all the queens loved them and they were all like higher energies. Probably they just disagreed with her about sending Acid Betty home or whatever. And she was, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Who knows why she, I'll tell you this. No, I won't tell you this. Never mind. Uh, well, I'll save that for a Thursday show. It's like I, I've actually hired RuPaul before, and she's a very difficult person to work with, but I, we can talk about that on a Thursday show. Oh, I'm excited. Um, the one thing I will say is um, I was 
you know, the speculation I read, there was a huge rumor mill, and that's what I was waiting for. That's why I was I was thinking of going to the viewing party with Willem and Laganja Stranja yesterday in mm-hmm. downtown Los Angeles, where I live. I don't live in downtown Los Angeles, but... Right. So, um... Did you go to the... To, what is that bar we went to? The Red Line? Pre- oh, the Red Line. I've been to Red Line. You know, Jay um, Ellis is at the Red yes. Line on Wednesdays there, Joe Batanz. You should, you should go yeah. uh, stalk him on Wednesdays at the, at the Red no, Line. No, it's all right. I don't need to stalk this Jay Ellis. He'll be there, I, he'll be do, there with his co-hosts that don't give us shout-outs. <laughs> I do like this precinct a lot, though. Tell you that. Okay, great. Big fan of precinct. Okay, great. That's where the viewing party was. Anyway, uh... But you there was a huge rumor that Acid Betty was going to, like, give up on the lip sync. She was not going to sing. She yeah. was going to sit there and pull a, uh, uh, who was that queen from season one who did that? Um, the, 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 like, one-way ticket to Mars. I can't remember her name right now. I, Tammy Brown. Tam, Tammy Brown. Remember she just kind of gave up on the lip sync? There was, there was a theory that either, like, uh, Acid Betty stormed off or that she just stood there and people were waiting for this. And then it was just a standard issue elimination. I would say... So, that lip sync could have been, I mean, between the two of them, uh, Naomi definitely did better, but I could have seen that being another twin elimination. Neither really? one of them was necessarily oh, anything really? that really stood out. I think for the outfit she was wearing, she did a good job, right? Uh, you know, she had to pull the birds out of her tummy and uh, get rid of those and whatnot. Uh, I give them both props for dancing in heels, not uh, doing a nation and kicking off their shoes. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't blown away by either lip sync, but I don't think either one was particularly bad. I thought I also had heard the rumors that, you know, that she was going to sass a judge or she was going to, you know, do something that, you know, burn the house down, you know, just do a really horrible thing, uh, which I think made her ultimate, you know, speech of going away just seem like, oh, this this is actually really classy. She's, you know, she's here she is. She's, you know, thank you. And, you know, now she recognizes the fact that by being on this show, she basically is set. For you know, for as long mm-hmm. as she wants to go out and perform as Acid Betty, she will have places to do that, and she will be yeah. able to make a living doing that. And she made a good exit, so people will like her. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she. You know what? They, maybe this was a whole part of her plan. You know, be a bitch in the beginning. Uh, or now you're no, now you're going down into the whole. You know, the deep, I'm no. Deep. Here's what I'm saying. Before the show ever started, Acid Betty sat in her room and said, "One day RuPaul will do a drag race show, a drag queen show, and I will. This will be my plot line." Right. That's what and she I'll did. Be on One day eight. there will be someone named RuPaul that will have a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like, I. Yeah. The, when you say final thoughts in the episode, I did want to bring up the four queens that we really didn't talk about at all. Uh, I thought Thor G. Thor's uh, Michael Jackson was great. I thought that was a really good. Uh, I didn't like it. Really? Yep. I thought it was underwhelming. I thought Thor G. Thor could have done better. I didn't think the jokes were particularly funny. I didn't think the impression was that good. And they praised it to high heaven. I didn't think it was all that. Look, did I think it was horrible? No, she had jokes, but I didn't think it was that good. I thought I was glad. I'm sorry. I was glad that when they had the question about throwing things out the window, that was that was definitely a softball at her. And I'm glad that she she caught it. Yes. With the whole thing with blankets that that was I actually like. Like held my breath for a second. Like, please say something about holding the baby out of the window. Please say something about holding the baby out of the window. And she did. So for that, I was I was glad. Right. But it just seemed like she was kind of doing the weird hoo-hoo and like putting her hand over her mouth, where she was like a little Japanese girl versus what Michael Jackson normally does. Well, I mean, if you've seen Michael Jackson in his interviews, like when he's at Neverland, you know, it's like he does kind of do that. And he had she had the tape on her fingers for it. I thought. I thought it was great. I thought it was a. Re- I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I thought that was actually a, a really good Jackson impersonation. It wasn't caricature. You know, was it was very Jackson. It was very, you know, 
Anyway, uh, Robbie Turncher, what did you? What did we think of her? Uh, horrible. Yeah, horrible. Horrible. Uh, I don't. You know, I think again, a lot of that could have just been. I, I refuse to believe that she, you know, would answer a question with "How would I know?" Right? And it's just like there was probably more to that joke that just got cut. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chichi Devane. I I loved Chichi Devane's Eartha Kit. I just, I was. I was pleasantly surprised with Chi Chi Devane's Eartha Kit and the the thing where she pulled her leg up and was like, I have to give myself a bath. That was, that was kind of funny. And I thought that she did for, for as much as we've talked about her over the last couple of weeks, she's, and she's always been kind of on the fence for me. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciated and enjoyed that performance. I'll tell you what, if Man. you, if you go to images, to Google images and type in Eartha Kit uh, and find some of her pictures she looks a hell of a lot like chi chi devane it's just like uh they they really do have a lot of similarities at, at some points in her life um so anyway i, th- I thought yeah. it was i thought it was a great character for him to pick and i love the whole cat joke thing because snatch game isn't about faithfully recreating a character right it's about you know picking something weird like uh what whatever her name is from that i can't pronounce from uh orange is the new black Uzo Aduba. Right. That's not her. That was her character crazy eyes that he was doing. He wasn't doing an, an Uza impersonation because I've seen her on like award shows before. She's she's not crazy. Um, you know. Oh, they didn't hire a mentally ill person, Daniel, on a major. <laughs> what, what, no, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it's it's one of those is like, so I thought I liked Chi Chi's. You apparently don't. You don't. You didn't care for Chi Chi's Eartha Kit. Meh. The only one that was kind of good was Bob the Drag Queen. OK. Kim Chi, you didn't care for. uh Meh, no horrible that yeah. seemed like that was just the same joke over and over again where they just kept showing her where she kind of looked off to the side and then did the thing you know what but i felt that way about kennedy last year with the you know everyone was praising her for the little richard thing but it, honestly it was just every clip was woo shut up and it was just like it was the same but thing I don't think, daniel the, the, shut up <laughs> <laughs> the difference there was that really was considered <laughs> Considered to be one of the first times that a queen played a male part. I think that's why they were considering that so different and and that was so much more under the microscope. I, 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 you know, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying, that it wasn't necessarily a great performance. I'm trying to think of where I heard this. It was on one of the recap shows and I don't want, I want to give them credit. I don't know. I think it was Grizzly Kiki that I heard this on where they were talking about last season, you know, the big hubbub about her playing a male on Snatch Game was like Milk was playing, uh, what's her name? Sharon Needles, who was a man. Right, it was just like uh, you right. know. You like, talked about that played, on your yeah. People have played your... RuPaul before, right. and uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, Alyssa it's Edwards, not that big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also thought of another time we talked last week about bald person going down the runway when Milk came down as RuPaul, but in a suit versus dressed as one one of his gowns. Oh, he came in with a bald cap on. Wow, I think that was the week. Also, he went home. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, Maybe. I just wanted to to mention those queens because we we kind of you know didn't really talk about them and everything. so good to know good to know you guys hated everyone except bob the drag i'm telling you at the risk of sounding like a previous episode of this show i thought the <laughs> show was very underwhelming uh-huh um i i i've expected better there have been better snatch games you there, know there have been better snatch games but you know what it's it is kind of a one-trick pony too right it's at this point they don't want to repeat that many so it's like they're kind of running out of people to do on snatch game 
Well, um, it's the th- it's the same thing like this episode where RuPaul was clearly not into it. Yeah, that there that you could if you want if if you guys don't believe us, go back rewatch it. There you can feel the tension through the screen. There's something off yeah. during that snatch game, and it has to do, I think, with that tantrum. It does also, but if you want to talk about useless shows or you know like or like horrible shows, that version. Then check out Dubious Intent. <laughs> I was going to say, then keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> The uh, the untucked this week was complete, almost completely useless. At certain times, they were just zooming in on lights and uh, scenery. Is yeah. just like what the fuck? Well, is that's going sort on of here? the rub with untucked. So untucked. The closer we get to the finale, the more boring it gets because you have fewer and fewer queens. So more the the fewer queens have to you know they have to rely on them to carry the show, and they don't always necessarily have the. Uh, I think the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem with Untucked, and uh, I'm going to do a quick, quick Google search here right now just to make sure that what I'm about to say is correct. I think last year, last year was the first year that they moved Untucked to YouTube, right? We all know that's that. correct. I, or, but that wasn't my my thing. But what I wanted to see was the last year they weren't all the same length. Last year, some of them were shorter, some of them longer. I think the the thing that's changed this year is that they are selling Untucked as a TV, like in Canada, it airs on TV. And so, therefore, they have to be 20... Like 22 minutes. Yeah, 22 like minutes yeah, for yeah. the commercial breaks and stuff like that. Whereas last year, Untucked was just kind of more, uh, you know, if they didn't have a lot to say, then it was only a 15-minute show, right? Or it was only a 12-minute show. It's like, you know, they could they could do that. So, that, that, I'm, I may be wrong because I'm not finding it right now and I don't want to, like, spend too much time. Wow. We just heard Daniel say he may be wrong. This is like wow. a groundbreaking Thank episode. God that's on a recording. That'll be edited <laughs> out so we won't have copies of it, but that's no, still... <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, all right. That's, I just want to right. Fine, I'm done. Let's take this puppy home. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Follow us on Twitter at Drag Race Recap. <laughs> Drag Race Recap. Friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com Drag Race Recap. And make sure to visit our website at, we have a new website, right, Daniel? DragRaceRecap.com. DragRaceRecap.com, where you can find all of our contact information. Well, not all of it. I'll put it up there. It needs to be. Yeah. Leave us a comment and find all of our old episodes. So until next week for Daniel J. Brewer, Taylor T. Latte Boy, and myself, Joe Batance. Sashay away until next week.